Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Check out Unpacking Israeli History Podcast. From the history of infamous terror groups Hamas and Hezbollah to the story of Nakba to Israel's disengagement from Gaza in 2005, there's so much to uncover. Unpacking Israeli History cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. Catch up on previous seasons and enjoy new episodes from Season 6 each week. So educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff, which is, of course, the only podcast that clearly says what it's about in the title, leaves no room at all for confusion about its contents. Nope. I'm your host, Margaret Kiljoy, and each week I'm going to bring you another story about rebellion, resistance, and all the cool people who did cool stuff. My, my guest this week is Prop, who I believe you're a, a poet, an MC, an activist, and you're also the, the host of Hood Politics. Nailed it. Great. How are you doing today? Man, I'm all right. I'm. Uh, it's pretty hot out here. I'm. Uh, I'm good. You know, I'm. 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 I'm apprehensive because I'm so nervous about any. Uh, any pod that somebody says is like, it's kind of like bastards, and I'm like, but reverse, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't. I'm just nervous. I'm going. I'm coming in blind. You know what I'm saying, Margaret? Yeah. But I'm. But I'm. I'm here for the ride. All right. All right. And we have Sophie on the call too. Sophie, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to have Prop here for this one. I think I think he'll enjoy it. And I mean that like I'll actually think you'll enjoy this as okay. opposed to when you're on Bastards where I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good one, which means it's not going to be a good one. Yeah, which means, oh, you're going to enjoy this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, murder, 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 racism. Yeah, so, I'm going to enjoy it. So, and so <laughs> l- l- Margaret, what are we talking about today? Well, there is there is murder and racism. There's some murder story. and racism. <laughs> but... But it's not from the point of view of the people who do the murder and the racism. <laughs> oh, okay, this time. okay, okay. So, because right. this week we're going to talk about this war you might have heard of called the Civil War, the U.S. Civil War. <laughs> and but specifically, I think I have. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but specifically, I'm going to talk about the the Civil War within the Civil War. Uh, okay. Which, if you write it out and you put it in between, is the Civil Civil War War. And um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about. Well the, done. Thank you. Hold up. You. Y'all pause for that. That was great. Okay. I am now impressed. Like, again, I, I was I was apprehensive. I didn't know what I was getting into. But the civil, civil war, war. That's brilliant. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. And so we're going to talk about the the basically how. There was a civil war within the civil war. There was a, a race and a class revolt against the white Confederates. Yeah. And and so in the first half, we're going to talk about the ways that 
a lot of different black people in the South fought for their own freedom, whether uh -huh. under the U.S. flag or not under the U.S. flag. Okay. And we're going to talk about how the South wasn't a unified place in support of the Confederacy and how all types of people from the South basically were like, well, fuck this Confederacy thing and fought against it. Um, Love it. And in the second half, we're going to talk about the Lowry Gang, who are an indigenous-led guerrilla insurgency in North Let's Carolina. Go. Let's go. All right. Let's go. I also, I, dude, you know what? I'm glad I'm on this, uh, you know, for a number of reasons. But one, I think it's like, obviously, it's so timely with like, you know, adding Ukraine to the list of like conflicts and wars across the world right now. But like the idea that like, you can't just, you know, say it's not like everybody in Russia is down with this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's good to remember that when you start like, you know, making your like sort of American versions of like good guys and bad guys to be like, yo, do you agree with everything your country do? <laughs> yeah. So why you think why you think anywhere else would be the same? You know what I'm saying? Like, or wouldn't be the same. Like, fools ain't everybody ain't down with what, you know, they government do or what they side do. Like, so I think that this is I'm glad that this is coming up because that mug is like, like, yo, like be realistic about what you watching. You know what I'm saying? And it's that. Like, come on, man. No, think totally. China really think China <laughs> loves China. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they, they gonna do what we do where it's like, I'm not gonna let you talk about us, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But nah, this fool be on some bullshit, you know? Yeah. Anyway. No, no. And like, and it's even true on the other side too, right? Like, cause the North yeah. was not like, I mean, you got the bad guys in the story. The Confederacy are the bad guys. Like, I'm not pretending anything else other than that. No, 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 no. no. But yeah, the yeah. North is like, well, some of them are good guys. <laughs> And some yeah, of them yeah, are yeah. assholes too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just because you <laughs> lived up there, you know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that somehow your locale means that you think differently. Like, nah, fam. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So, the, so the Civil War, it runs from 1861 to 1865. It kills 620,000 people, which to put that Dang. number in perspective, that's half again as many Americans died in World War II or two thirds as many as have died from COVID as of the time we're recording this. Sheesh. But uh, Civil War starts because 1860, Abraham Lincoln got elected on a new states out west shouldn't be slave states platform. And a bunch of yeah. rich white people in the slave states didn't like that. So they seceded. The North said, no, you're not allowed to do that. And then 1861, they have a war. And to be, to be clear, and I, I don't know, what, did you get taught growing up that the Civil War was about slavery? Well, yes. I mean, yeah. I'm... Remember, I'm a Californian, son yeah. of a Black Panther from the inner city. So yeah. I absolutely was taught this was about slaves. That's, that is better than the education I received. Dude, I tell you, man, like when I heard people, I like it was like it's the other way around where like, you know, obviously from your section, like for somebody to mm -hmm. you to become a full grown adult and somebody would be like, no, nah, this is about slavery. And how y'all probably like in y'all's area mm -hmm. was like, what? No, it's about states rights. Like I felt the other way around when somebody uh, actually said, well, it's about states. Like what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Like are you, who told you that? States like, rights to do what? This is a big question. That, that was like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you hear yourself? States yeah. rights to own slaves. Don't you? Like, yeah. Are you serious? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I will argue that the entire South, white and black, knew it was about slavery. The, the North wasn't sure about what it was about. For a lot of the North, mm. a lot of the white North, and obviously all the black North, a lot of the white North knew it was about slavery, but some of the white North was, was fighting for like 
you're not allowed to break away, fuck you. And some of them were even arguing, I've read some scholars arguing that some of them were fighting to free the poor whites in the South. But the Confederates knew what the fuck they were fighting for. They were fighting for slavery. There's there's no question they didn't know. Yeah. So, start of this war, the Confederates, they're outnumbered, uh, just proof that just because you're the underdog doesn't make you a better person. They have little industrial production, so they can't make their own weapons, really. But they have this advantage that they're fighting on their home territory. And then since their population is more rural, more of the soldiers come in better horse riders and better shots. So they have some advantages. Mm -hmm. But they have one big disadvantage because their entire economy, uh, you you probably know this and probably the audience knows this, the entire economy of the South relied on slavery. And repressing people, it turns out, takes constant attention yes and all their best fighters suddenly went off to war yes so this is going to bring us to a woman named rose from south carolina what's up rose okay and so at the beginning of the war the the union didn't let black folks in as soldiers right um but Mm -hmm. it turns out you don't actually need anyone's permission to kill slavers or steal all their shit or grind their economy to a halt or help everyone run the fuck away you could just do it. It's cool and good. It is always morally correct. Yeah. And so people realized that. It was actually this this woman, Rose, she's one of my favorite stories in all of this, but she's actually one of the hardest to get any information about. This historian, okay. uh, Favolia Glimpf, is the only historian I found who's collected information about this woman because the only primary sources we have are all of the terrified white women writing in their diaries how fucking scared they are of this woman named Rose. Let's that historian's go. name is like, it's so classic. It is such, I know. It I is know. Yeah, it's a perfect name. Favolia Glimpf, you said? Yeah. Perfect name. There's, yeah. yeah. I, we, I was definitely going to want to put a pin in her name too. So, But yeah. I'm glad you did, Selfie, because that's, that's quite a name. Gotcha. Also, Terrified White Women yeah. Journals is like <laughs> a, the, the thing that just doesn't die. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> God. They they seriously, like all their journals are like, I can't sleep at night. I'm up at 4 a.m. writing this note because I'm so terrified of the, the Negroes and the Yankees. And specifically, yes. I'm afraid of this, you know, Rose that is leading an insurrection in their town. Yes. Uh, so, so Pineville, South Carolina is this like small resort town. It's basically 60 summer homes for the, like the rich fuck slavers when they're like okay. taking breaks from their plantations. But with the Civil War, a lot of the families moved there full time. Okay. And basically saw as this place of refuge against to, to hide from the war. And they tried to bring like all the people they claimed to own, but most of them were like, no, we're not going to come with you. Fuck you. You have no means with which to compel us to come with you. So fuck off. <laughs> the overseer gone at war. Yeah. You, you 92 years old. And your wife keep catching the vapors every time it get too hot. No, we not going. I love it. Yeah. And some people did go. And then they kind of just didn't work. Uh, More and more, everyone who went there just refused to work. And then this was happening all over the South. I want to use this. This is one of my examples because it ties into this Mm -hmm. other thing. Uh, The the socialist author, W.E.B. Du Bois, uh, is the first person I've heard of really talk about this. And... His mm-hmm. 1935 book, Black Reconstruction. Basically, he claims that the thing that won the, the Civil War was the most powerful general strike the U.S. has ever seen, which was the Confederate economy was just completely gutted as black workers, as he refers to them as black workers, 
yeah. withhold their labor from the Confederates and then offer it for a wage to the Union. And half a million black workers ended up working for a wage at Union camps. And then, I mean, under really shitty conditions, and we're going to get into of this. But yeah. I think that I think that like I, I I'm 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 glad you kind of like like land in there because I think like the uh, you know when you think about the the arc of somebody like an Abraham Lincoln and the arc of like the country finally falling into secession and then mm -hmm. accepting the fact that like okay this is about slaves like like finally letting themselves say it out loud like what we already <laughs> yeah. do you know what I'm saying <laughs> when you 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 take a slaver that was like. I mean, it's just, it's just way too much money on the table. Like I'm being yeah. as, obviously I'm like, this is me being a slave descendant, just understanding like what's happening in this moment in time. When you like, look at man, that, that cotton crop, like it, I mean, you're talking about the, 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 the entire, like makes more than every other commodity in the country combined. Yeah. Like when you add it all together, just from that, because you ain't paying the workers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is <laughs> this is pure profit. You know what I'm saying? You know, notwithstanding the investment to get the get and feed as small as you can, you know, the 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 slaver the slave that you had. And you could take somebody who might have been in the beginning, like on some like, ah, yeah, I know. I just kind of like close my eyes and do it. I mean, yeah, it kind of <laughs> sucks, but I'm like, I'm just one guy. I mean, yeah. you know, you're in the ocean. You might as well swim. I mean, it sucks, but like, damn, it's a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? And then that first check come and you like, nah, fam, nah, this mug. <laughs> look, you can't get it. Look, I'm, look, I'm sorry, sorry, not sorry. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and how that evolution of just being like, and then, then the whole like, well, it's, it's too big to fail. Like, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. you know, you if we shut this down, you shut down the whole country. Like there's no, it's the biggest, what do you want us to do, dude? It's the biggest moneymaker. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and that evolution of like, assuming that at some point, like you said, uh, uh, my ancestors would be like, uh, nah. Yeah. I mean, what worse can you do to us? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and Du Bois makes the argument, I have no counter argument. I, I believe this wholeheartedly. This is what fucking wins the war in the end, more than yeah. anything else. Uh, yeah. Black workers refusing to, to work. Also black soldiers fighting, but... Black soldiers, yeah. In a, in a, and being still paid less, yeah. less food, still being treated like, you know, yep. not really human, but, uh, but carrying the work, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, like, absolutely. Yep. Who's being like, well, hit you in your pocket then. Yeah. And in the end... As, so people would flee, especially once as the Union would come through the South, they'd be like, yep, and they cross the lines. In the end, uh, apparently 12% of the South's labor pool, I guess you could call it, they just fuck off and they, yeah. they cross Union lines. But then further historians have, have argued that it's not just the people who left who did this work, who, who did this general strike. So in Pineville, South Carolina, it's happening everywhere. It's happening everywhere, but with folks on, on Pineville, South Carolina, in the... In 1865, in the very last months of the war, this woman named Rose is an enslaved house servant. She has at least two grown-up kids. There's very little known about her, right? But mm -hmm. she frees herself, and then she doesn't fuck off across Union lines. She sticks around to help fight and organize. And she was probably the leader of the insurrection along with her son, Pringle. And we know that... What? There were... Pringle? Yeah. Yeah, the man's yeah. name is Pringle. Yeah, I looked it up. It way predates Pringle's. I've, yeah, I was gonna again another name that I was like I'm gonna let this pass because he led a slave revolt. So I'm not gonna drag you. I'm not gonna drag <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I know, right? Name. Like I no, got I, I think it's dope. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's like, you know, 200 years later, the association with the chips, you know what I'm saying? But he could yeah. say, my name is Pringle because I get all the chips, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm yeah. I made him a rapper. You did, I, you did, and I appreciate sorry. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so this insurrection they lead, it, it leads hundreds of people to safety during mm-hmm. the time before the Union Army even approaches. And then by the time, at one point, the Union Army like sweeps through really quickly. They don't actually conquer the area, but they get a thousand people across the line when that happens. Okay. And then it's hard to tell how much it was a quiet insurrection versus a loud one. A lot of it was that people just yeah. refused work, slowed down. A lot of them gave themselves quotas like, oh, I'm going to do half a task per day. So they were like working just Love fast it. enough. And then, Love it. Yeah. And there's no one around to compel their labor, right? Because yeah. all, the, all the white dudes are off fighting the war. Yeah. And at, the, at its peak, this insurrection has the run of the town. The, the scared white folks hide in their houses and write in their journals while black folks are, are drilling in the streets in military formation. I love it. And they, they stole whatever they needed from the people who've been stealing from them their whole fucking lives. And it's just kept spreading miles and miles in every direction. People kept coming here. And eventually Confederate armies like, all right, we have to fucking do something about this. And so they send these, these scouts who are the, the guerrilla troops for the Confederate army. The, the Union army okay. has scouts too, but they're the, the uh-huh. official guerrillas. And they, they go around, do the dirty work. And so they, they round up and kill a bunch of the leaders of this insurrection. They don't get Pringle or Rose yet. Mm-hmm. And they force everyone back to work. And this kind of turns into this protracted, slow guerrilla war between the scouts and, and the insurrection. And eventually it keeps going on long enough that the Confederate army has to send an entire company of cavalry, which is like a hundred cavalrymen wow. who could have been off fighting the war and instead of to uh-huh. keep going and fight this civil war happening within the south they have a big battle it goes really badly for rose and pringle and the rest of them 20 to 30 of them die uh, and they yeah they only manage to injure some of the cavalrymen and pringle and rose get get found and executed but but even though they lose this specific battle this is after uh-huh. they freed you know the the record I see is like implying at least 1,300 people, right? Wow. And so- I know it's that many. Yeah, like- Yeah. That seems like an all right, you know, like the math yeah, is all right ratio. there. Yeah, it's a good ratio. And I'm positive that like, I know like um, those executions were brutal. Yeah. Like they were like trying to, you know, they try to make a statement when they capture somebody that like led, you yeah. know, um, other people to freedom. So I already know like- even without knowing her particular story, I already know the way they killed them, them, them two was yeah. public and disgusting. Yeah. It, yeah. It was. And which, I mean, leads to the argument that dying in the streets fighting, you know, seems yeah. nice. It's still pretty rad. Yeah. Like it just, yeah. And then, so the, and the Union Army, of course, doesn't have their backs at all. Uh, of course not. There's Lincoln's like rules of war that he wrote specifically called this type of thing. It's, qualified the same as piracy or banditry but they still do all this awesome shit yeah so let's go rose and speaking of pringle and potato chips i'm trying to get sponsored by really wholesome products on this show and so our official sponsor i believe our only official sponsor all the other ads you hear are unofficial and they're not uh okay allowed uh is potatoes the concept of potatoes I'll take that because like, you know, I just, I just listened to three hours on a potato famine. Oh shit. So how good potatoes are, you know, and I am a French fry connoisseur. Mm -hmm. All right. 
So I'm here for that. Well, you're on the right show then. Yes, yes. (laughs) All right, here's some ads. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. And we're back after those ads that were not about some. I hope most of them were about potatoes. I hope they're potatoes. Let me tell you something, man. I'm going to invoke something right now that's probably not fair. The thing is like, okay, I am fully aware of the totality of the problematicness of somewhere like a Mm -hmm. (laughs) Chick-fil-A. However, crossed my feed at some point was this person with two buckets of French, of like the Chris cut fries. And I was like, that's an immediate retweet. I'm like, this is, and I, all I saw, I just saw fries and my eyes glazed over. Where I was just like, oh my God, the buckets, let's go. And then I was like, yeah, man, I know, I know it's, Chick- I know, I know, I know it's, Chick- okay guys, like, hear me out though. I know it's Chick-fil-A, you know but the, it's not the potatoes fault, you know? But it ain't the potato fault. Yeah. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? I'm like, they pay well. The, the place pay well. Uh, uh, okay. Um, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, the next next chunk of this story is about a man named Abraham Galloway. Okay. 
and he and the the coastal the coastal black militia in North Carolina. And we've got mm-hmm. way more information about him in part because he survives the war, which is yeah. a nice anti spoiler alert. You know, like he's not going to yeah, die right. during the story, at least not till yeah. we're like done with the story. That's the downside, right? With bastards, you have this part where you're like, oh, all this bad stuff's happening, but then they die in the end, and you're happy that they and die. You're dope, yeah, yeah, and then. With uh, cool people that cool stuff, they die in the end. Um, <laughs> it's not as good. Womp womp. That's history. So Abraham Galloway, he was born enslaved in a, a tiny fishing town near Wilmington, North Carolina. And he was, he was owned by his own second cousin. Great. Yeah. He moved to Wilmington. He becomes a brick maker. And basically his fucking cousin tells him that he has to go work and give him the money. And... But Wilmington is a, a hotbed of abolitionism, which is, mm-hmm. which I'm not talking about like, like when I got told about abolitionism when I was a, in public school or whatever, uh-huh. I got told it was like well-meaning white people who like wrote the government about how morality demanded the end of slavery yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Wilmington was a hotbed of abolition. And by that, I mean, it was full of black people, free and enslaved, who were teaching black people how to read and write, who were smuggling fugitives yeah. north, who were passing yeah. around tracks that called for the moral necessity of violence to end slavery, uh, including this, this tract by black abolitionist David Walker to the colored citizens of the world. Which and this is a reoccurring theme in all the abolitionist propaganda I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Specifically includes the need for the rights of women, also. And so, and this is the pamphlet that basically Nat Turner's 1831 rebellion gets blamed on. And so, David Walker might have written it in Boston, but he was born in Wilmington, which is where our hero is is currently. He's 20 years old. It's 1857. He decides to get the fuck out. He was he was nervous that he was going to get sold further south. So his friend Richard Eden decides to come with. Richard was a, a barber who had just gotten busted for daring to marry a free mixed race woman. Who, so he was facing the lash and he's like, yeah, fuck this. I'm getting out. And it was hard to get out. Uh, anyone who was caught helping them would have been killed or sold. One anti-slavery ring that had just been busted right before this or around that time, the, the black pilot got sold further south, which was like one of the main threats that people would face. And the, the white Quaker who was involved in the whole thing also as a pilot got murdered. Yeah. So, but they eventually, they do find a pilot who will sneak them onto the boat and off they go. They make it to Philly. They join up with the Vigilance Society there, which is a crew of abolitionists who fed and housed and generally helped fugitives. The, the Fugitive Slave Law of 1850 means that even the free states weren't free for fugitives, right? Bounty hunters could just yeah. show up and... Yeah. Yeah. And... So they keep going, right? Because the North isn't even safe. They make it up to Canada with train tickets that the society buys them. Mm-hmm. And they once they're up there, the abolitionists give them room and board and find them work. Galloway gets a job laying brick. Eden gets to open a barber shop. I just like including Eden. He kind of disappears from the story here, but I'm glad he gets to go fucking be a free barber, you know? I yes. Just, I like yes. this guy. Yes. But Abraham Galloway, he didn't want to lay bricks. Not really. He wanted to destroy slavery. So... He goes back Wanted across to the throw board. bricks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm right. sure he got the chance. Yeah. He goes back across the border and he starts giving speeches and then getting in fights with all the people trying to kill him. Um, mm-hmm. And then in, I knew I knew this name before. I was like, I know Abraham Galloway. And now, now you're at the part that I know him. Of. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in, in Boston, he hangs out with the Vigilance Society and then he hangs out with this, this league I'd never heard of before I did this research. Have you ever heard of the anti-manhunting league? Yes. 
These people it's fucking the rule. So dope. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell them about it, Mark. Yeah. I'm going to lean back and let you tell the story. Yeah. Nah, these fools are hard. Okay. So it's a crew of people who are basically like, all right, well, kidnappers keep coming here and kidnapping people, right? So we should just track down the kidnappers and then kidnap them. Basically. <laughs> and they show up and basically their, their deal is they'll find, a, they'll find a fucking bounty hunter and they'll be like, hey, you would be so much happier and healthier if you just left Boston right now. So that's what they did. <laughs> it was so dope. It was so dope. I know. Because the fools were the fools were just like, hey, listen, don't come to Boston. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, don't come to Boston. We body snatchers, all right? Yeah. Don't come. Oh, you gonna come? Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we told you what would happen. I told you not to come, fam. Yeah. yeah. And so so the reason that this league starts is another interesting story. 1854. You have a guy named Anthony Burns who also decided to fuck off from slavery and he gets mm-hmm. smuggled up to Boston. And because of the fugitive slave law, marshals come after him and he, he gets arrested. And a crew mm-hmm. of black and white abolitionists storm the courthouse. They break down the door with a battering ram and then shoot a federal marshal dead. Let's go. <laughs> and then they get they eventually get repelled. Apparently, I think they have to call yeah. in the army or some shit. Yeah. And so so Burns gets returned to slavery, but for a, a moment and as he's being like marched out of town, 50,000 people in Boston come out to like really aggressively protest his capture. Yes. And I, I, I don't have in front of me the population of Boston at the time, but the population of the United States was not particularly large back then. So 50,000 people. It ain't what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, I love this because it's like, you know, a lot of times when you flatten history, you just think like, you know, these two armies and you have citizens just kind of like sitting around yeah. waiting to see what happens, you know, especially like the sla- the American slave narrative that was like, well, I guess we were just out in the fields hoping everything worked out. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like, nah, fam. Like, yeah. nah, who's fighting? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody gave us a green light. We was like, all right, it's on. We're going to do our best. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it, that's fucking exactly it. And like, yeah. Um, Okay, so this changes Boston overnight, and then that's how they pass all these laws, making it harder to to come and capture people. But just in case people try it anyway, you have the anti-manhunting league that starts after yes. this. And then Burns himself, the abolitionists, raise up enough money to, to buy him his freedom. He goes to college, he becomes a minister, and then because it was the fucking 19th century, he dies of tuberculosis like fucking everyone oh else. God. He's 28 <laughs> when he dies of tuberculosis. Life before penicillin. God. Dog, these dudes be living triple lives in yeah. one life yeah and then and then you die at 28 after all that yeah i'm 39 like, i haven't touched a quarter of what this person you did. understand what i'm saying yeah. i'm like that you did all that in about 29 yeah okay yeah, yeah. so so our, so galloway he's passing through boston on his way to haiti because the abolitionists right after the after john brown gets executed they're not just mm. like waiting around for the U.S. to get its act together to abolish slavery. They head to yeah. Haiti and they organize, they're organizing a raid from Haiti on the American South, hoping to yeah. directly incite a civil war to end slavery. Yeah. So, so Galloway takes passage alongside some other abolitionists, including this, this Scottish immigrant named James Redpath, who helped secure Haiti's diplomatic connections to the U.S. This guy, yeah. Francis Merriam, who was one of the only people to escape from John Brown's Harper's Ferry raid. Uh, who later fled to Canada with the help of Thoreau because everyone was actually mm. doing all kinds of weird shit at the time. 
the abolitionists, they show up in Haiti. They're received by, by Haiti's president because all of Haiti fucking declares three days of mourning when John Brown is killed. And it, it's not wow. just because they, I mean, they fucking hate slavery, right? This is the history of Haiti. But it's not just that because they're also looking out for their own country because in the 1850s, the U.S. drew up plans to conquer Haiti and turn it into a slave state. And then some adventurer asshole tried to conquer Cuba to turn it into a slave state around that time. Yeah. Another one fucking actually conquered Nicaragua for a moment until the people down there murdered him and didn't let him turn it into a slave state. Perfect. Yeah, and I was the one going to say, man, I, I don't know like what made them think, I don't know why you would want it with Haiti. If you didn't read, if you know anything <laughs> about their history, it's like, nah, fam, don't don't come try that down here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, don't, we don't play down here. Don't, yeah. don't, don't bring it down here, fam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so Galloway stays in Haiti for a while planning this raid, but then the South secedes. And so he hurries the fuck back to States to fight because that was their whole point was to try and get a civil war. And, you know, but it didn't take invading the South. All you had to do to start a civil war apparently was to get a moderate Republican named Lincoln in office. (laughs) He's he's a fucking moderate. Right. He was a moderate. And like, yo, like, uh, the, um, Apple TV just did like for Black History did a dope little three part series on him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's called The Lincoln Dilemma, which was really more about Frederick Douglass uh-huh. and how Good. like really that Frederick Douglass kind of radicalized him. Yeah. That was like that like the and just sort of the evolution of um this, like you said, r- rather khaki, you know, <laughs> moderate Republican uh-huh. turning into this like oh yeah, nah, we gotta, we can't, this can't last. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. it was really Frederick Douglass. You know, so I, I, that's, but yeah, yeah. And what took them to finally leave was them just slightly <laughs> a little less, tiny less racist. Yeah, than, yeah. Than the other one. Yeah. Which has no, I mean, living in the US now, it's impossible to imagine the right wing getting Thank upset by a moderate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> by like, just the, the, just vitamin D milk version. <laughs> so just the most plain, yeah. saltine cracker, yeah. no seasoned fried chicken, <laughs> undercooked, like just just potato salad with raisin. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, just, I'm going here <laughs> no, right no, now. No. I don't need to be saying all this. But yeah, yeah. The most basic yeah. of moderates. And they can't fucking handle it. So they have a whole fucking And they can't war. handle it. Yeah. Yes. Which, <laughs> good. It got them fucking crushed. I'm glad. But yeah. yeah. So, so Galloway, he shows back up in the US and he's like, all right, he gets himself recruited into the spy service for the US Army. And he's not really a union guy, but it's like the best thing going. Yeah. And he's reporting directly to General Benjamin Butler, who kind of starts the war an asshole. He's like not, he's even more, let's say, moderate than Lincoln. He wasn't even particularly anti-slavery at the start of the war. But he's actually, he's the first union general who starts hiring black refugees. And it's, the biographer I read, David Soselsky, suggests that it's possible he got this idea from Galloway. And if so, Galloway just changed the fucking face of history in that one moment. That's amazing. Because all that general strike shit I'm talking about starts with that. And so then Galloway goes on into spy shit for two and a half years. And he's incredibly valuable as are all of the black spies in the US service because they know the terrain. Uh, and also because white people just ignore black people and pretend it because people are fucking racist. <laughs> uh, 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 and so sure. 
surely they can't figure out how to do things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so he actually goes and he scouts the landing for the Union Army in the shores of North Carolina, which again changes the fucking face of history because the landing in North Carolina is how is part of how the U.S. runs its blockade on southern shipping and helps crush their economy. That's all fucking Galloway. And then, I mean, it's also a ton of other people, right? I'm not trying to be like, it's just yeah. Galloway. Like, you know, he, he, he found black pilots to help navigate the ships to shore and shit like that. So the black pilots mm-hmm. who are not named in this also get all the fucking credit. Yeah. And then he gets down, set down in Mississippi. And then he sees the Union treat black refugees like shit. And they start turning away black refugees. They start working other ones to death, building a canal so that they can siege a fortress that was a bad idea in the first fucking place. Of course. And the union fails at seizing the fortress. And then they just fuck off and they ditch all of the people, all the black people who are there helping them, including Galloway. They just fucking ditch him. And he gets captured by the Confederacy. His story goes dark for a minute. And we don't know. He, he actually, um, he... He was never literate, and so we don't have as much of his like own words written down. But we know that he he escapes and he makes his way overland over the course of months through the entire fucking Confederacy back to North Carolina to the city of New Bern, where the Union is now in control thanks to his own scouting. It's a town besieged. The rebel lines are only miles away, but it has access to shipping, so it's not really fully besieged. More than ten thousand black people seeking their freedom now live there, and these are like the hardest and most militant refugees the war fucking sees because these are the the first people who are like i'm getting the fuck out they didn't get out when it was i'm I'm not trying you know like but they 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 got out when the going was hard you know yeah 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 and all these people not all these people a lot of these people start working as scouts and spies formally or informally and they head back into confederate territory on a regular basis some of them do it for the union some of them just do it for their own fucking families and their friends and fucking everyone you know um, yeah, but Galloway doesn't rejoin the union. He's like, fuck the union. What the fuck? I don't trust y'all either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so instead he just becomes an organizer. He's 26. He's sarcastic. He's charming. He open carries a pistol for the rest of his life. Let's go. And so in 1863, the union's like, but we need Galloway. We need Galloway <laughs> to get us an army because at this point they finally decided the, the 54th regiment, Massachusetts is the, was the first all-black regiment of the war. And this mm-hmm. is the one that that movie Glory is about. And, yeah. And it, I'm really actually, the main, there's lots of things to be mad about that movie. One of the main things I'm mad about is two of Frederick Douglass's sons were in the fucking 54th. I didn't know that. They should have been the fucking main characters of that movie. But I, you just blew my mind. I didn't know that. Yeah. Frederick Douglass That's wasn't amazing. afraid to fucking, I mean, well, his kids weren't afraid to put some skin in the yeah, game. Yeah, his you kids know? weren't afraid to shoot. Yeah. 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 And, um, so 54th is all black, except they're not, except no commissioned officers are black. Yeah. Um, and, and it, it works, right? The 54th is a like positive test or whatever. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, and also we're losing this war and we fucking need more people. Yes. And so they're, they send down this guy is this white recruiter named Edward Kinsley. They send him down in 18, in 1863 down to New Bern to find Galloway. Who's like hidden there. And try and convince mm-hmm. him to come over. And Galloway won't meet with this guy until his he and his friends watch him for a week to see how he treats black people. And he basically wins Galloway over just by like the bare fucking minimum of not being a dick. Like, listen, 
Listen, I hope that's a lesson to all white people everywhere. That's just like, listen, dog, like it ain't that hard. Just we going to watch you. Like I was going to say, mm-hmm. like even him just being like, I ain't going to meet with you, but I'm going to have the homies watch you, mm-hmm. you know, so which is what we do. Yeah. Right. We all do it. It's like, well, let me, you know, let me, let me see what's up. Do our little Googles, you know, run your name up the flagpole, find out what's <laughs> going on. And then once we see what's up, it's like. It's just, it's like I don't, the bar's so low. Yeah. Like just, hey man, like just, just don't, just don't be awful. Yeah. The, the, it's pretty. It's not hard. It's not hard to not be awful. Yeah. All he did is he 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 tipped his hat to some black workers and got yelled at by the by the union soldiers. And yeah, and if you do that, you tip your hat to 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 some black people, and then the white dudes yell at you like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" You just look at him and be like, "Man, fuck you, dog." Yeah. Exactly. The man just, man, shut the fuck up. And you just keep going because where you like, you, then I'm going to be like, oh, I like that guy. Yeah, all right. You yeah. Know? Like, it's that easy. Yeah. The, the, the bar is on the floor. So he wants yes. to step over the bar. So, it's all, like you have to dig a hole into the ground to go under this <laughs> yeah, bar. Yeah, totally. Like, yes. Yeah. Which plenty of people at this point, plenty of white people are willing We're to dig that hole. We're very good at it. Yeah. Yes. But so, so they end up meeting with Galloway in this like perfect like cloak and daggers thing, you know, where he meets with the innkeeper and she takes him upstairs and then the room is just entirely full of people and Galloway's there. And they, they tell him point blank why we don't trust the union. They're not paying black soldiers the same wage as white soldiers. Black mm-hmm. people are not being granted citizenship by the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, black people had already been fighting alongside of and dying alongside of union troops with absolutely no recognition. And uh, sometimes these were in like scouting missions and sometimes they were like literally mm-hmm. like you know, a place is being attacked and, you know, the black yeah. people are there also fucking fight and no recognition from the Union Army. And then also a bunch of specifically racist shit is happening in New Bern. So they're like, yeah, all this shit's happening. And they didn't say, like, no, we're not going to fight for the Union. They're saying we're not going to do it unless you meet our demands. Yeah. And so they say we want to be outfitted the same and paid the same. We want housing for our families. We want education for our kids. And we want the Union to compel the Confederacy to treat captured black soldiers as prisoners of war instead of selling or executing them. And, and this part's a little like, so, so Kinsley says yes, right? So the, Of course he does. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. So then they hold guns to his head and make him say it again. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you how much I love my people. Yeah. Let me tell you how much, because that is the answer. Well, that man say yes, like, I don't think I need to make sure yeah, say it again. Yeah. No, wait, wait. No, no, no. Say it again. Now you now you promising on your mama. This yeah. on your mama, on your hood, on your children. You going to do this? Yeah. Yo said, man, I love my people. Anybody yeah. Call? No, and, and, <laughs> and so he says yes again. And and the, the thing I read is like, Kinsley knows he can't actually do these things. Galloway knows he can't not. do these things. What they're saying is you're going to fucking try. And he. Yes, yes. And he does try. He, he doesn't. Some mm-hmm. of the things get met eventually. Some of them, whatever. But. But Kinsley and Galloway, they end up staying friends and stay in touch the rest of their lives. Uh, and over 5,000 black men volunteered for the Union Army in New Bern alone. They, they form what was generally known as the African Brigade. In the yeah. end, 186,000 black men fought for the Union. The vast majority of them were formerly enslaved people. And they were, as you, as you pointed out, they're paid less than white soldiers until 1864. Uh, and mm. part of that gets applied retroactively. And there's a million fucking loopholes for the equal pay that they eventually of course. get. They're still prevented from being commissioned officers in combat roles. You get some some commissioned officers in like medical roles. And then the Confederacy just keeps executing 
captured black people and the any white officer fighting alongside of them. And the union yeah. could have done something about it and fucking didn't. Except actually, and I didn't write this in the script, so I'll get all the details wrong. Except actually the the, <laughs> the white guy who uh, was the commissioned officer for this African brigade, he was known as like mm-hmm. the hanging like, I don't know, the hangman or whatever the fuck. Because whenever uh, black soldiers were captured and killed, he would kill Confederate prisoners. I love it. Because he was like, no, you I don't can't love fucking it, do but that. I love it. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, yeah it's like, you shouldn't yeah. kill prisoners of war, but like, what's... Yeah. But... You take one, we take five. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but Union Army is still proving to be racist as fuck. And one guy, William Walker, he goes on strike until he gets an equal wage. He was court-martialed and shot. Another guy, William Johnson, he was caught deserting. He was executed in this like highly publicized case that where they brought out a photographer to make a big spectacle of killing this black man. Two of the yeah. two of the soldiers were supposed to shoot him were these German immigrants and they refused to shoot. So they were uh, arrested. Wow. And but even with all that going on, so Galloway is like two jobs now. One is that he is recruiting black men to fight. And he's also fighting against all the racism within the military. He even gets his old general butler, the moderate, to to press his higher ups for equal equal pay. But he's he's no longer a union spy. But his networks ran deep, and I should probably talk about potatoes right now. It feels like a good yeah. time to talk about potatoes and French fries, which I really love. I'm really excited man. about my air fryer, which makes really good French fries. Hey, they really do, man. You could even go with like frozen, like a bag of frozen it's ones for that air fryer. It's the perfect device to reheat French fries. I know. Yeah, because you can't reheat fries. It's yeah. really hard to do yeah. that. But if you could do you could do it in an air fryer with a little, little bit of olive oil on that mm-hmm. mug, a little, yeah. little Lowry's, you good. Yeah. Yep. And so that's, we're sponsored by the idea of French fries and these other ads. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. 
Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. And we're back. Yeah, we are. I uh, I sometimes like try to put myself in the shoes of like a just moderately reasonable white dude at this time mm-hmm. who like 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 you saying is like trying to tell his higher ups like, yo, we should pay these dudes the same as everybody <laughs> yeah. else, and just being like, and just kind of looking at them like, but they. They holding the same. They the the bullet don't care. Like they dying just like we die. Yeah. Like I don't understand why you think that. What this don't make no sense to me. Like they life in just as much danger as ours. Not more danger because they running a higher. Matter of fact, we should be paying them more. Yeah. Because they running a higher risk. Yeah. Than we are like don't that don't make sense to you. They got more at stake. Yeah. So shouldn't they? You think the bullet care what color they are? Like what? You know, so just, I just wonder, I I just, sometimes I just think like, man, how maddening that must have been. Even if you just like slightly just logical, you're like, well, we're doing the same job though, aren't we? Yeah. Like, are we doing the same job? Yeah. I I think a lot of, you know, white people got radicalized by all this. Like in all my reading is like Uh a lot of people start off being like, oh, I don't know. And then they're like, oh, this shit's evil. You know? Yeah. So, so Galloway, right. He's no longer a union spy. But his, his networks run really deep all over the South. He managed to smuggle his own mother out of Wilmington, which is 75 miles beyond Confederate lines in one of the most heavily Woo! fortified cities in the entire Confederacy. Woo! He gets Let's his mom go. out. He, he arranges for her to send up to be Boston, where she stays with one of his friends from the Anti-Manhunting League. Uh, yes. I want to think that I would be have the balls to do that to get my mama out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like 75 miles. Dang. Yeah. That's a long walk. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so, okay, so it's it's hard to overstate the importance of the black soldiers and black insurgents fighting like and the striking black workers on the war effort. So I'll I'll just say that they they fucking won the war. Militarily, they win it by fighting hard and well and by spying and scouting, but economically they want it too. And I, I've already said that like three times, but I, I just want to make sure yeah. everyone leaves with that impression. And then North Carolinian uh, journalist David Forbes puts it like this. In April 1864, Lincoln met with a delegation of Galloway and several other prominent insurgent figures from the North Carolina ports. The president greeted them with an unusual, almost obsequious hospitality. The few observers to the meeting noted that the delegates weren't deferential, They were direct that they wanted the greatest of privileges, their political rights and autonomy, and pointedly emphasized the dire straits the war effort would be in without their support. The incident Mm. comes off not as a commander-in-chief giving orders, but as essentially autonomous militias fully aware of their leverage and a government eager to keep them actively on their side. That's stuff they don't tell you. Yeah, exactly. Like, everything I'd always read is like, oh, and then the, you know... The grateful black people were so excited that the yeah. white Irish Northerners saved them or whatever. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the horrible racists of the South. And like, no, first of all, the white people are racist everywhere. And some of them are unracist yeah. everywhere. And but yeah, fucking anyway. 
Yeah, I love that. So, so Galloway, end of the war, he, he moves to Wilmington. The Confederacy takes off their gray uniforms and put on white hoods, as we all know. As we all know. In 1867, the KKK demanded that all black organizing cease in Wilmington. So Galloway and the black militia were like, well, you could, you could fucking make us if you want. Yeah, how about that? So yeah. There's like four days of street battles with the Klan, and then the Klan fucks off out of Wilmington for the next 30 years. Love it. He winds up a senator. He refuses to show deference to white people. He fought for the rights of women, including full suffrage. He walked around carrying mm. a pistol. He fought for labor rights. He started working to build coalitions with poor whites along class lines. And Love then because of the fucking 19th century, you know what he did? He died at 33. <laughs> 30. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this man life in his 30s. <laughs> This man was so successful. I know. Listen, we are all like, listen, we're all losers, y'all. Like, losers. you can't. 33? Dog, okay. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, he dies at 33 because it's nice. Yeah, and then he either dies of like a fever or he gets poisoned. It depends on what, what history book you have, you read. But yeah, that's, that's Galloway. And there's a few more parts of this whole civil war within the civil war, the civil, civil war, war. And civil, civil war. One part is that the, the white South was far from united in the support of the Confederacy. A lot of people yeah. didn't want to fight and die for slavery. A few of them because they thought slavery was bad more because they were just like too poor to get to own people themselves. Yeah. Um, but in 1860, I, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that that's an important part of the story, too. That's like, you're like, th why intersectionality and critical race theory, like, why you need to know this stuff is that type of intersection to where it's like, hey, dude, like, yeah, maybe I'm not a slave, but I can see that that's bullshit and I can't afford to have one anyway. Yeah. And I can't stand your owner either. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. That, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, he's a dickhead. You right. Yeah. Nah, fuck that guy. I, but I'm just as poor as you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, not just as poor, yeah, yeah, but like in yeah. their perception, they're just like, I mean, I'm poor too. Like, nah, yeah. fuck this guy. I ain't finna fight for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's more like, it's not so much that like, you know, like obviously like socially conscious and aware for their time but just more the reality of like this is what this is what a lack of resources does it makes you be like man fighting your principled cause like what are yeah. you talking about <laughs> nah man fuck that guy you know yeah you just summarized the next chunk of my script better oh, than i did let's, let's <laughs> so go I'm very happy <laughs> But yeah, okay. no, I mean, like, okay, so in 1860, most white Southerners, they don't live in the plantation belt. They live upland. They live in mountains and hills. And then yeah. most of them, they don't grow cash, cash crops, though, even the ones who own land, they didn't, so they didn't grow cotton. They were just subsistence farmers. Some of them were herders, yeah. but most of them were subsistence farmers called the, and they get called the, um, the yeoman, which is a mm -hmm. word I never knew how to pronounce. I only know how to spell because it's also a word in like ye olde medieval stories. But yeah, so the. When the Confederacy formed and seceded, a lot of delegates from the mountains voted to remain within the Union or only voted for secession after they were threatened. That's another thing that doesn't get talked about. Even some of the people who voted for yeah. secession were like, well, you're going to kill me. So I, all right, you know? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh -huh. And then the reason West Virginia, where I live, the reason it exists is because it didn't want to secede from the Union. So it seceded from Virginia. I love it. The, the whole of East Tennessee voted to remain in the Union two to one. And they, yeah. they weren't playing around. Pro-union military companies formed in every county. One guy went up to D.C. to be like, 
hey, if we uh, if we blow up all the bridges from the rest of Tennessee, will you send down troops to protect us? <laughs> I love it. And the general was like, yeah, sure, guy, we can do that. Um, so they went and they torched four bridges, but they weren't able to capture the rest. So they were too heavily guarded by the Confederates. Uh, so mm-hmm. instead of a Union army marching in, a Confederate army marched in and occupied East Tennessee. They declare martial law. They start seizing property. A bunch of the ringleaders are executed. Hundreds are arrested, and then thousands of men of military age flee through the mountains, through the Confederacy to go join the Union Army. When the, when the Union recaptures East Tennessee, it was, le- uh, it was led by a Union regiment of Tennessee infantry. They had enough fucking people fuck off that wow. they were able to form an entire fucking regiment. That was like, no, we know, we know, these, we know these blue mountains, dog. We know these smoky yep. mountains, because let me tell you where to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Winston County, Alabama, in the northern part of the state, they voted to secede from the Confederacy. So they decided, look, if the Confederates are allowed to secede from the Union, we're allowed to secede from the Confederacy. They, they formed militia bands that stopped Confederate conscription, and they protected local families from being robbed by the army. The, the Peace and Constitutional Society of Arkansas, again in the mountains, this time in the Ozarks instead of yeah. Appalachia, they resist conscription. A hundred of them are arrested, 8,000 of them fled and served in the Union Army. In the total over the course of the war, 100,000 Confederate troops deserted, most of them facing execution if they got caught. Yeah. Almost all of them are folks who didn't own slaves and they knew that they're, they ran off because they were like, my family will fucking starve. I'm a subsistence farmer. Like if I'm yeah. not there to put crops in the ground, my family will die. Yeah. Fuck this war. Yeah. In the, the hills of Choctaw County, Mississippi, a loyal league of des- deserters spied for the Union, helped people desert robbed the families of those who were loyal to the confederacy northern alabama started off loyal to the confederacy but by 1863 was full of people resisting and floyd county west go ahead i was gonna say man at some point it's like i don't care what your politics are man you're not gonna feed your children to no meat grinder yeah you know what i mean like at some point you're like this is yeah like you said right it's some bullshit man like even if you started off being like yeah you know and then you're like you know what this I'm, look, man, I'm going to go home grow some potatoes. Yeah, basically. All through the South, people just fought against the Confederacy. They would ambush, they would rob, they would sabotage, they would assassinate, and then they were met with massacres and arson. There's a mm-hmm. whole fucking civil war within the Civil War. Uh, in North Carolina, the coast had black and indigenous guerrillas. They had maroons hanging out in the swamps who would attack. The center had these like direct action abolitionists. The West in the mountains had diehard unionists. Madison County, which is where I lived for four or five years before now, was mm-hmm. called Bloody Madison. The Confederates there came from the cities, but they were outnumbered by the anti-Confederates who came from the hills. And the, the unionists, unionists there, basically, they're tired of being robbed constantly by the Confederates. So they robbed all their own shit back. And then the Confederates came and they rounded up 13 people and shot them in the mountains, including a 13-year-old boy. Some of the soldiers Dang. hesitated to shoot. And the commander said, anyone who doesn't shoot is going to get shot, too. The most wow. famous of these yeoman results, uh, revolts, sorry, in the Civil War was the Free State of Jones, Mississippi. This is another Hollywood movie. You ever seen Free State of Jones? Uh-huh. Uh, it's this another Hollywood movie that gets fucking white saviory about this shit. Yeah. Um, but basically, there's this Confederate soldier named Newton Knight. He heard that his brother-in-law was abusing his kids. So he deserts. He walks 200 miles home and he kills the aforementioned brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Then he takes to the swamps where he's hanging out with the maroon community, the, the runaway uh, enslaved folks or the people yeah. no longer enslaved, people fleeing enslavement. 
So he's hanging out there, and then other Confederate deserters. They form a multiracial guerrilla gang. They raid Confederate storehouses. They distribute the food back to the farmers. They fought 14 skirmishes with the Confederate army. Uh, Newton Knight said their numbers never exceeded 125 fighters, but a general from the U- Union army claims it was 600. They declared their county free from Confederates. They raised the U.S. flag over the courthouse, and they declared a free state of equal rights. And so dope. after the war, Newton Knight writes to the U.S. government, and he asks for compensation for the families of the men who died in battle. And the U.S. is like, uh, no, we don't, we don't know you all. We don't know you shit. We don't know you nothing. Yeah. No, you know. um, because my argument is that the Union isn't really the good guys in the story. They're just the better than the Confederates guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other guys. Dude. There's a, this, this is a dope moment, like culturally, um, for a number of reasons, but I Mm -hmm. think one of the doper, like modern tie-ins is especially around like the Appalachia stuff, because, Mm -hmm. um, just like the origins of like folk music, like the banjo is West African, like that's a West African instrument. So when you have this like interaction of freed or like, um, you know, self-emancipating slaves right (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh former slaves hit these appalachian with these like gaelic and irish so you have these type of sing-songy stuff that's gaelic and irish that were hiding in the appalachians plus this like african banjos and it made what we know as folk music you know what i'm saying is is these people existing in these mountains who's poor trying to figure out what they did and they was playing music outside and i'm like that to me is like a sign of like you said what you talking about to where it's like these these people up in the mountains like man fuck your war like i ain't nothing to do with that nah yep. y'all come stay with us you know yep. what i'm saying or the other way around like black people just found this mountain and was like oh damn these people live up here you know <laughs> it was like what y'all doing you know yeah we free now i ain't scared of y'all yeah. you know but uh yeah so i i just think we have the, these i wish more people would tell these stories um, if anything, just not for no, no, like, you know, make, make us feel better about like, well, not all white people, right, not, right. not for that thing, but to just understand that, you know, history is way more complicated than we was taught. Yeah, no, ex- exactly. Like, I, even as I was trying to write this, I'm trying to be like, I'm not trying to fucking center the white anti-racist in this. Right. Of but I, I want people to know that like, for whatever the reasons, the South was not a fucking unified place, you know? And then. To, to to close off this whole thing about it, even some of the fucking plantation owners, fuck them, I'm not defending them. They get in on the of act course. of hating the Confederacy, but they do it purely out of self-interest because they're a bunch of fucking capitalists, right? And so- Yes, of course. When, well, they'll do whatever is the most profitable. When New Orleans gets occupied in 1862 and then throughout Mississippi in 1863, some rich fucks are like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll, we got cotton and sugar. We'll sell it to the Union Army instead. Um, <laughs> which is like- it's basically what you get when you try to run a war based on the idea of creating like the collective self-interest of capitalists. They don't have collective yes. self-interest. Like No. There is no, yeah, it's the self-interest is the money. Yeah. So <laughs> I love it. They was like, y'all fighting for us to be able to keep slaves, but y'all don't buy enough. Yeah, so exactly. uh what's up with y'all? Y'all 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 want some, y'all want some sugar? You know what I'm saying? And that hey, y'all smoke, y'all smoke, <laughs> y'all smoke. Yo, we got this tobacco. <laughs> yeah. This is ridiculous. And that is uh, the story of the, the civil civil war war. 
How you feeling about the it? The Civil Civil War War, man. I I am I hope that this pod gets so much like air and oxygen in it because of the amount of stories that aren't told out of this. Not only just to like the culture as a whole, but black people, period. I think a lot of times, like, you know, we know that we know the uh we know the highlight reels, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? The Harriet Tubman's, the Nat Turner's, the Sojourner Truths, you know what I'm saying? The, you know, the Frederick Douglass's, the the ones that were literate and, mm-hmm. and you know, wrote um, biographies and autobiographies and such. But like these like, you know, regular dudes that were like, nah, fam, you think, you think your ancestors, you know what I'm saying? You really think your ancestors just took it? <laughs> like they didn't just take it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, like fuck tooth and nail the whole time you know so i think that like even just hearing that you you you're right this i have the opposite feeling of <laughs> the bastard thing where i feel like invigorated and inspired like yeah fool yeah you know what i'm saying yeah i succeeded <laughs> you did margaret i appreciate you calling me for this one uh, thanks for coming on and uh, on wednesday we're gonna talk about the lowry gang which is tying into all of this and you all will not be disappointed by this let's go Prop, you got any pluggables for us at the end here? Yeah. Uh, PropHipHop.com. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I haven't plugged this on any of the pods yet, but if y'all are in the LA area, I do this thing called Club Real Ones. It's every first Sunday in Long Beach. It's And it's, it's just a day party for y'all grown folk that got to work the next day. We're done by eight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And there's, there's an, there, I mean, there's an after party if you want to. You can go get cocktails next door. We have that too. If you don't got to work tomorrow, but if you do, yo, three to three to eight, just come chill with us. It's the greatest DJs in Cali. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, clubrealones.com. It's on my website, prophiphop.com. And then all the professional stuff like, oh, I wrote a book. You know, I got my podcast with politics. Yeah, terraform. Yeah, which I just got an award yesterday for. Which oh, is shit. congratulations. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, those are my plugs. Margaret, anything you want to plug at the end here? Uh, well, at the moment, I seem to like plugging my new podcast, Cool People Did Cool Stuff. Uh, you can also follow me yeah. on Twitter at Magpie Killjoy, and I have a bunch of books out. I guess the most recent one that's out is called A Country of Ghosts. It's an anarchist utopian novel. Okay, so we'll be back. We'll be back on Wednesday. We're back in the feeds. We're back in the feeds. The rapping is mean. Bye. Bye. People Who Did Cool Stuff is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? 
M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, Peanut Butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of Peanut Butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.